Good morning, Faith Center. Hope you're having a great day today. Pastor John here on this awesome, beautiful Sunday. Um, excited about the word that we're going to be um, getting into today. We're going to be in Isaiah 61. If you want to go ahead and get your Bible, um, man, we love you. We miss you. Sarah and I have been praying for you, and um, and we can't wait to come back. Uh, normally, we would have had a prayer service uh Yesterday, last night, but we're moving the we're moving it this month because uh, our governor has says we can come back. You know, he's he's saying a great day to come back would be the twentieth, which is a Wednesday night, and so we're going to have a a special prayer service that night. Uh, more details to come. We're still trying to line everything out and make sure that we are in. Um, you know, using wisdom and following all the right guidelines. And, and for those of you who are like, hey, it's, it's too soon for me, or, or maybe you, you, you're not feeling well or whatever, then, then don't, don't force it. Uh, it's all going to be good. We're going to be back together in time. But May 20th, that Wednesday night, we'll be gathering for a prayer service back here in the sanctuary. And it's just going to be really good. Um, I love hearing what God's doing. Uh, it's it's hard not meeting together, but yet I hear of of how God is still at work in your life, and and isn't that cool? You know, isn't that isn't that cool? Our routine gets totally smashed, and yet Jesus is still Lord, and He's still working things and doing things. I think it's a good reminder to not trust in things that kind of that can be moved, uh, but, but trust in, in things that cannot be moved and shaken, which is Christ and him. So, um, I'm really excited today to get into the word with you. Uh, but I want to share a couple things real quick before I do. Um, uh, many of you have know and have been praying uh, for spiritual father to me, Rick Clendenin. Uh, he had surgery recently and, um, uh, it was, it was miraculous what, what has happened. Um, he had, uh, some issues where it was really life or death. And, and we prayed, and you, many of you prayed, and he, Rick, has, the surgery went well. He's turned the corner. He's doing, um, he's got, a, he's got a, a road of recovery. He's got a lot of obstacles to overcome. He's not out of the woods yet, so to speak, but the doctors are happy with his progress. He is making progress. And, and so we're going to start this morning by continuing to pray for, for Rick Clendenin, uh, for, that, for the healing of God to just come upon him. Because we just believe this. We come into agreement with Debbie and with Richie and with Renee. And we come into agreement with them saying that we don't believe his assignment's over. And we're, um, we're going to pray the prayer of faith over him this morning. Um, and then we're going to jump into the word in Isaiah 61. Um, we'll start in verse 1 here in just a minute. So get your Bible out, Isaiah 61, and, um, uh, and it's just going to be a really good day. So join me as we pray for Rick Clendenin. Father, in Jesus' name, we honor you and we bless you because you are Lord and there is none higher. There is none better. There is none stronger. You are Lord and you reign and your word 
works. Your word will accomplish the thing that you sent it to accomplish. So we pray and release your healing word over Rick Clendon, and we speak life and healing to him, strength to his brain and his body, his mind and his heart. We pray for cells to begin to come alive and reproduce and for for the the his heart, you know, circular circulatory system and all the pumping of the blood and everything to be at the right levels and the right strength. We pray life to him. We pray that he will finish the books he's supposed to write. He will preach the sermons he's supposed to preach. He will raise up and build and plant the churches he's supposed to plant. Father, we thank you that his assignment is not over. And we come into agreement with Debbie, with Richie, and with Renee, with their family. And we just declare life over Rick Clendenin and peace over all the Clendenins and all their family. God, we just peace to them. Let, let them trust in you and have no fear and let them trust in you, God. We send forth your word and your angels to bring help uh, in this time of need and that your grace would be great in his life right now. And we thank you for today as we open up your word, that your word will transform us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So Isaiah 61, we're in the series of Christ, and last week we talked about the ministry of Christ where Jesus, you know, basically in Luke 4 stood up and shared his, his in his hometown, his, um, basically his personal purpose statement, mission statement, and begin his ministry. Well, now we're going to come back and look in Isaiah 61, which is what Jesus was quoting from in Luke chapter 4, and let's just start reading. Isaiah 61, when you got it, say got it. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty or freedom to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all who mourn and to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, I'm going to read some more here in just a minute, but I want you to, I want you to see what's happening. I want you to kind of catch this, because as we talk about the mission of Christ, uh, he is the anointed one. He's the promised one, and the, the, the promised one uh, of uh, not just for the nation of Israel and for the Hebrew and the Jewish people, but he chose that nation to reach all nations. And, and so Jesus Christ is king. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He's above all. He's before all. He's after all. Um, and, and, and so he is king of the kingdom. So what we, when we're reading this, we're reading a prophetic blueprint of the mission and ministry of the king. We are reading Isaiah 61 is a prophetic blueprint for the mission and the ministry of the king. And so when we look today, what we're going to do is look overall kind of big picture, thousand foot view of, of the mission of the king. And we call that you could sum it up. And Jesus did sum it up by saying the great commandment and the great commission. Um, and as a church family, that's what we want to do. We want to have a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission. 
And all of that is, is described and defined in, in this chapter. Isaiah 61 is a beautiful chapter. And, and so, so when he starts, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So notice this, the me is he. The me is he. The me is referring to Jesus the Christ. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the promised one. There's no one higher. There's no one greater. He's above all. So we don't become like, like some new age people. We don't become like spiritually enlightened and become Christ. He is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the anointed one. You know, at the Son of God. So through our relationship with Him, part of His mission, part of His mission is to, is to the anointed one creates anointed ones. The, the Son of God creates sons of God. The, the promised one creates and sends promised ones. And so what Jesus Christ is doing is He's He's part of his mission, as we, we see here and what we're going to unpack this morning, part of his mission, the one, two, skip a few of his mission to see where you and I step into his mission and how his mission becomes our mission is he is the anointed one. We are the ones he is anointing. He is the promised one. We are the one that are receiving his promises and then carrying those promises to the world, that he is the empowered one. We are the ones receiving his power and carrying that to the world. And, and so he is the king of the kingdom. We are the, we are the citizens and saints in that kingdom who are ambassadors who go into this world uh, representing the kingdom of God. And, and that's, what, that's just what we, what we, who we are and what, what he's called us to do. That's what a believer is. And so as he is, so are we in this world. Now we're not we're not at the we're not you know the Christ but we are we are um, the the offspring of Christ and so when we look at Jesus in Luke chapter four when he's he we see his life is an example to us he's a son of God but he's also the son of man so his life is an example to us about how to walk in the mission. So, and we studied that in Luke chapter four about Jesus knowing how to open the book and find the place where it was written. And then he personally declared, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He found himself in the book. Well, that, that's, you know, he's God and he's the son of God, but his life is a pattern and an example to us of how we find ourselves in the book. And what happens is we first have to find him. And when we find him, which in this context, the me is he. So as we break down through this, we find him and who he is. And as we understand who he is and what he's come to do in our life, we find him in the book. And then he empowers us and transforms us, makes us like him. And then when we're like him, we're, we're called into the same mission that he's, he's called into. So, so Jesus Christ is two things at the same time. And they both apply to this chapter and they both apply to your life. Number one, he's king of the kingdom of God. If you take king out of kingdom, <laughs> then all you got is just dumb. D-O-M. All you got is just dumb. So you need the king. The king, any, the kingdom is the, is the rule, reign, and presence, and the authority of the king. You can't take king out of kingdom, and kingdom still stand. So he's king of the kingdom, but he's also head 
of the church, of the body of Christ. He's the head. And you can't, you can't have a headless church. And so he's those two things at the same time. And so what he's doing here in this mission is, this is what he's doing. He's building the church, the body of Christ in the earth to bring and establish the kingdom. Not establish the kingdom like a lot of people teach a kingdom now uh, theology and mandate. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about trying to legislate you know, righteousness and do all that kind of stuff because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But what we do is we fit, fulfill the mission and ministry of the king by preaching the realm of his kingdom and the authority of his kingdom in the midst of this earth. And then one day he transfers us completely into the kingdom of God um, you know, to its fullest dimension. Now, we're in the kingdom. When you are born again, you're in the kingdom, and the king is in you. Matter of fact, because Christ, the king, lives within you, then therefore the kingdom of heaven is within you. And so you have the kingdom realities available to you right now. That's why we release healing over people who are sick. And, and so we have the kingdom realities within us. So we are, if you are a Christian, you are part of the church, the family of God, the body of Christ. You are also, you are also uh, a kingdom agent, a kingdom agent. The moment, the moment you give your life to Christ, the moment you give your life to Christ, you are adopted into the family of God. Jesus reconciles you to the Father. You are now a son of God. You, you are now a citizen of the kingdom. You are now an ambassador of Christ, meaning a, a representative. So we've been teaching this for years that the church, the local church, is an embassy of heaven, and we are ambassadors of Christ, representing and releasing the kingdom of heaven in the earth. And so the mission and ministry of the king starts off with the me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And, and so, so let me show you who we are. In this, we know who he is. The he is the me in the scripture. But the we, we are the poor. We are the brokenhearted. We are those, you know, those who need healing. We are the captives. We are the prisoners. That's who we are. But what the me does, which is Jesus Christ is the me, he comes to, he comes to the poor. He comes to those who are brokenhearted and need healing. He comes to the captives. He comes to those who are bound in prison. And he proclaims to them the, the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. He proclaims to them the name and the rule of the king. And then what he does is he proclaims the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the year of Jubilee. We'll get into all that later. And the day of vengeance of our God. Now, the vengeance of our God is not to us, but it's for us. The vengeance is against the enemy that has deceived Adam and made us slaves of sin. So God, God will have unlimited compassion, unlimited compassion for, for the prisoners and the captives and the brokenhearted who have been slaves of sin because of the fall of the first Adam. Unlimited love and compassion for us. God so loved the world. But he has a sense of confrontation to come destroy the works of the enemy. He has a sense of confrontation against the enemy 
that deceived us, deceived Adam into sin and has been, you know, the, the, the enemy who's been ruling in darkness over the world. So the king has a sense of compassion for people, loves people, but has a sense of confrontation against the enemy. And so part of his mission is to come and destroy the works of the enemy. And so what he's doing is he's building the church. The church is always people. The church is never a building. The church is always people. The church, I I say it this way all the time at church, the church is never the building. The church is the people that Jesus is building. And I know he's building you. I know he's preparing you. Matter of fact, if you sense in your life right now that the Lord is building you and growing you, why don't you give an amen or say he's building me or testify something like that right there in one of the comments. Just as, as 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 an amen to the Lord, he's building me. He's, he's, he's working me. He's, he's, he's changing me. He might not be changing my circumstances, but he's changing me. And that's the thrill of being a part of the mission of, mission of God, because he's building the church, a church that was, that was built from prisoners, captives, brokenhearted, and poor. He's building a church, and then he's building up that church to send them out to build his kingdom and bring his kingdom and so when you look at this, this is the, the main picture. And so notice the me is he, and then the, and who we are are, like I said, the captives and the prisoners. And then when you go down, you see, and we'll unpack these in detail later, but he, he, he gives them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for, the, for mourning, and the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And then look, look at this, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And actually the phrase right before that. And here's why. That they, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So notice the they. The they is referring to the poor. The they is referring to the brokenhearted. The they is referring to the captives and the prisoners who were bound. But guess what? Now that he, they've received the mission and the ministry of the king, they are not who they used to be. We are, we have, we are sons and daughters of God. We are saints and citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. We ain't poor no more. We ain't broken no more. We're not captive no more. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. So, so that the first part is describing who we were before we met Jesus. But now that he is king of our life and the king of the kingdom has brought his kingdom to live within our spirit and he's given us a new identity and we are righteous. We are kingdom citizens here. We are sons of God here and now to release the kingdom here and now. We are his church, the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. That's who we are. Where we are does not define who we are. Who he is defines who we are. What he's done for us defines who we are. And so what we see is now we, we're not poor no more. He's redeemed us and he's restored us and, and he's given us an exchange. Our ashes, he, he takes our ashes, he gives us his beauty. And like I said, we'll unpack all that, but notice the reason why. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. Man, I love this. 
Some translations say oaks of righteousness. And what that phrasing means is we are the mighty ones of God. We are the mighty ones, the ones that are strong. We're the ones that have been made strong. See, we were weak. We were poor. We were sick. We were broken. We were captive. We were bound as slaves of sin. We were weak and without hope and without help. And then because of Jesus the Christ, he has now redeemed us. He's now rescued us. He's redeemed us. And he's releasing us to to bring his message to others who are poor and sick and broken. So God, when God redeems somebody, he uses that person in his mission of redemption. So what we see in Isaiah 61 is first his ministry in us, what he does in us. He redeems us. And we become the mighty ones of God. Do you realize right now, regardless of your emotional state, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what your circumstance look like, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are a mighty one. You have the might of the Lord available to you. You are a mighty one. And so we are the mighty ones who are who are the these oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. And man, that phrase, the planting of the Lord, it is just incredible. That, that means the Lord, the Lord, the master gardener. See, he's the vine, we're the branches, and he plants us. You know, he, he planted you. It, it, this is just is an incredible thought to realize. You know, like God planted me to be pastor of Faith Center Church. I didn't plant me here. And, and, and time has shown, the fruit has shown, the quality of the seed that was sown. The fruit always reveals the root. The fruit always reveals the root. Sometimes you judge a thing before it's time and you miss it. The fruit always reveals the root. So I look back in my life and I think the planting of the Lord. The planting of that the Lord. I could, I could have been born in any color of skin. I could have been born in, in, in a woman in a different gender. I could, have been, I could have been born to a different family. I could have been born in a different time frame. But all that was the planting of the Lord. And all the different things, when I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how it was going to work out, and I was like, oh my gosh, I, and I was scared and whatever. But the planting of the Lord, that God, that God takes people, he takes people out of the sin they were planted in, and he, he redeems, gives them new seed, makes them seed, breathes life into them, makes that person as a seed themselves and plants them. He plants you. And, and planting is, is about being, being placed. You are placed by God. You are uniquely and specifically planted and placed by God. That you, as his planting, can represent his might in that place. And that you can be used in the redemptive process of the Lord. I just love that phrase, the planting of the Lord. Having confidence as you, as you yield your life to him, not to, not to fight for your own agenda out of boredom or out of, out of you think it needs to be different. A lot of people fight and force their way with their agenda and the agenda of man. And when you do it, you plant yourself somewhere. And if you plant yourself somewhere, you're going to have to sustain yourself there. But if you allow the assignment of the Lord, if you forsake the agenda of man and and the agenda of selfishness, 
um, selfish ambition and you just you just say, Lord, I'm yours. And when you say go, I'll go. You say stay, I'll stay. I'm yours. And you allow him to plant you. Then he sustains you where he plants you. And this goes on. Notice, notice, the, the, notice the they. We started with the me, which is he, Christ. And then now look down, look down at verse four. And they... They. Now, who's the they referring to? The they is referring to the ones that used to be poor, the ones that used to be brokenhearted, the ones that used to be captive, the ones that used to be bound. That's who the they is referring to. They are not poor anymore. They are not broken anymore. They are not captive anymore. They are not bound in prison anymore because of the ministry and the mission of the king. He has redeemed them. He has, he has made them new. They are new creations in Christ. And in doing that, watch what he does. He redeems them, which is his ministry in us. And then he releases them, which is his ministry through us. Do you realize that God, not only the king, not only has a ministry in you, but everything he does in you, he's already pre-calculated what he wants to do through you. Sometimes when he's, he's ministering in, maybe it's just me, when he's ministering in me, I have this thought of, Lord, this is just so good. I love what you're doing. And I'm not thinking about what he's going to do through me. I'm just enjoying what he's doing in me. But every time he's doing something in me, he's thinking about how that's going to overflow and do something through me. I want you to have a vision as we, as we continue the, the sermon series of Christ, that what Christ is doing in you, he wants to do through you. And you may say, well, he's not doing anything in me. Well, you need to be open. See, when I see Christ doing something in somebody else, I don't get jealous. I don't think, why is he blessing them and not blessing me? Why is he blessing that church but not blessing Faith Center? I don't get jealous. I don't, I don't look at it that way. Here's the way I look at it. The king is doing a work in them. The king is doing something in them in order to do something through them. And he's no respecter of persons. He's going to do it in me. And he's going to do it through me. Because notice what they do. They receive the ministry of the king. And then watch what they do. Verse 4. And then they rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the desolations of many generations. What he's saying here, this is, this is amazing. And this is a prophetic blueprint not only of Christ but of the church of Christ, of his, not only of the head, but of the body, not only of the king, but his kingdom, not only of Jesus, but the people that Jesus is building. This is a blueprint of that. And he redeems us out of our captivity, out of our slavery to sin. And he, he exchanges and does a work in us. And then he sends us out and we, him through us, we, which is the they in, in this text, they rebuild the ruined cities. And we go back to things that have been desolated. That means, that means laid to waste. The things that have been laid to waste, Jesus Christ will awaken a people to go rebuild what was ruined. And bring life. He rebuilt what was ruined in you and, and made you new so that you could be an agent of his kingdom and go make things new. And so I don't know what Jesus redeemed you from, but I know what he redeemed you for. He redeemed you for the purpose of being an agent of redemption 
every, in, to every society and every place that represents the slavery that you were freed from. So maybe you have a, a past of addiction, then God's going to redeem you from that addiction to where you're not addicted anymore, you're anointed. And then in that anointing, he's going to send you out to people who are addicted, and he's going to help you to rebuild their life in the anointing, not in the, the addiction. Maybe you're a business owner, and you had greed, and all you were doing was trying to make a name for yourself and get money. He redeems you and redeems your business to be successful for the glory of God. God, not the glory of self, to forsake your, your selfish agenda and to now build something uh, of the kingdom of God that helps bring people out of poverty, not for your glory, but for his glory. And cities are changed because, because now you've surrendered yourself to the king and he's done a work in you and you are actually agents of change, agents of the kingdom to where the work of God in you, the ministry and the mission of the king in you is now your mission. And you are being used as a secret agent of God, a secret agent of the kingdom, a son of God, a citizen of heaven, an ambassador of Christ who goes out and God uses the gifts he's given you and everything, your testimony in Christ, and he uses you to rebuild cities to renew to and we'll break all these stuff down as we go through Isaiah 61 but notice the the desolation the things that have been laid waste and that word desolation is like not just oh something was damaged a des something that's desolated there's an amazement to the desolation like wow like man that that was destroyed so the things that the world saw that was destroyed and like, whoa, that fall was epic. That destruction was epic. Oh my gosh, that was, that was crazy to watch the desolation of that person or that thing. And what God does is he empowers you with his mission in you and his mission through you to rebuild, to rebuild what the enemy desolated. And so I believe the wow of the rebuilding is going to be greater than the wow of the ruin. And we get to have a part in that. So we're going to keep talking about the, the being of Christ and the mission of Christ. Keep unpacking Isaiah 61 because there's too much to do in one sitting. But know this today, that his mission is to do a work in you, to do a work through you. And he's going to use you to rebuild the desolations and the ruins of generations. I believe one generation, I believe one generation that has a passion and a heart for, for the Lord, to, to live in obedience to Christ with a passion and a zeal, living by grace through faith, one generation can rebuild what generations had laid waste to. And I believe the Lord wants to do it through your life. I believe the Lord wants to do it in this city, in your family, and in, in this time. And so maybe you're watching right now and you say, Pastor, I'm just, I'm a Christian, but I'm really struggling. I'm just, I'm just, I don't feel good. I don't, I'm just, a, hey, I get it. Frustrations and feelings and all that. Remember who you are in the spirit. Remember Christ is your king. Remember you're a son of God. You're a citizen of heaven. You're an ambassador of Christ. You are the mighty one of God. You, you, and, and, and if there's areas in your life where you need to repent and come into alignment with God, maybe in your relationships, in your marriage, maybe in how you handle money, 
maybe in how you handle your time, maybe in just walking in obedience to the Lord. Surrender yourself fresh and new to God and let him, let him live his life through you. Let the king, let the king rule and reign through your life. No greater joy, no greater privilege than walking in truth and having your, to see your children walk in that truth too. And that he uses you in that mission. So you might be weary, but don't give up. You might be ready to quit, but don't give up. Put your eyes back on Jesus. He's accomplishing his mission in you. He's accomplishing his mission through you. And if you're here watching today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you can make a decision, one decision. You can make a decision to surrender your life to Christ. Stop trusting yourself. Stop, stop trying to change it. Try, stop trying to make yourself better. Stop using religion to try to make your life better. You can't. You can't. The remedy for your life is the cross. That's the remedy. Jesus died on the cross so there could be an exchange. And you could end your life. Are you ready to end your life by faith, by faith, in what Christ Jesus accomplished for you on the cross. And you take your successes and your failures and you just you forsake them. And you surrender yourself to Jesus. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the grave, that you will be saved. You may not understand all there is to know about the Bible, but you need to understand this. Jesus Christ died your death so you could live his life. And if you, are, you feel him and sense him speaking to you, maybe he's been talking to you for a while now, but you're at a point where you're done running. You're finished fighting. And you're like, I want God to use my life for his glory. And I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. Then whoever you are and wherever you are, Call upon the name of the Lord. Make a decision right now to follow Jesus. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I don't care who's in the room with you. I don't care if you're watching this live or it's recorded, whatever. I want you right now, if that's you and you're saying, I'm, I need to surrender my life to Jesus, I'm going to make a decision to follow him. Then right now, I want you to just pray. Open your heart to the Lord and just pray this to him. Heavenly Father, I believe in you, and I believe you love me, and that you wanted to save me from being a slave of sin, and that you loved me so much, you sent Jesus, the Christ, to die on a cross for me. So today, I put faith in him. I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And so I surrender my life to you. I give up on me, my successes and my failures. I turn from my past and I surrender my life to you. Lord Jesus, come be Lord in my life. I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins and come live your life in me and through me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and teach me your ways, and use me for your glory. In Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, 
I want you to go to our website. There's a, there's a button right there, a link right there on our homepage that says, I have decided. You go and you celebrate that and you click on that so we can celebrate with you and help give you resources. If you've prayed that prayer recently and you haven't told anybody, go click on that button, I have decided. And we want to help you and we want to, to, to come alongside of you and help prepare you and help grow you for all that God has for you. Because the mission of Christ is not only to redeem you, but to use you as an agent of redemption for others. It's bigger than just you. It's bigger than just us. He's using us and preparing us for a greater purpose. I want to remind you that tonight at 7, um, I'll be doing my 50 days of preparation teaching. Um, so if you've not been on that, you can come to the Faith Center's you know, Facebook page and and be a part of that. You can join the group, 50 Days of Preparation group on the page and see all the videos we've done. He's been preparing us and growing us, and it's been tremendous. So um, I pray uh, that you are doing well. We'll be back together. May 20th will be the first prayer service back together. We'll be more details to come about all that. I want you to have an awesome day, and we will see you at 7 tonight. I love you. Go build the kingdom.